Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host, Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight, too. Hey, friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to Infertility and Me podcast. I'm your host, Monique. And if this is your first time joining in on the conversation, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are all about healing emotionally, mentally, and spiritually here at Infertility and Me. Just a few quick announcements before we begin today's episode. And I just wanted to make you guys aware that I am now selling Infertility and Me exclusive merch. You can't get it anywhere else with these things that I am selling. And those things are iPhone cases for iPhone and for Samsung. And the saying on those cases is men need healing too. If you follow me on IG, you've seen me make that caption before on a post. I also have gift cards available If you want to gift a fertility friend, just be of support to someone, then I have gift cards as well that they can use on the website to purchase an item of their choice. I also have two different mugs. One says, Dear Infertility, I am no longer scared of you. And the other one says, Dear Future Baby, we're ready. And those are also posts that I have made on Instagram. If you follow, if you don't follow Infertility and Me on Instagram, you are surely missing out on daily content. Um, I get a little silly in the story sometime as well and letting you guys just see me in my known natural element and then also having uh, words of encouragement and interacting and engaging. So please follow Infertility and Me podcast on Instagram. If you'd like to engage more with me, your host Monique will be so honored and it'll be such a pleasure. And you can hit me up in my DMs if you need a little extra love. And also, don't forget to check out the website, infertilityandmepodcast.com and get your Infertility and Me merch. Also, friend, please don't forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe so that you get instant notifications when there is a new episode, when there's bonus episodes or anything else that's going on with Infertility and Me. And also, friend, make sure that you give this podcast on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening from a five-star rating, a follow, a like, subscribe, however it works on that platform. And then also leave a review. Let me know your feedback in the review and if you like this podcast. So please do that. Today's episode is with Dr. Mary Saldon, a naturopathic doctor with a special interest in fertility. She is an associate at Brown & Brown Family Chiropractic in Newcastle, Ontario, Canada, and chief CEO of Fertility Fundamentals. As a naturopath and fertility coach, she helps moms-to-be to get calm, confident, and in control of their fertility. She is passionate about helping women thrive in their fertility journey, leading them from isolation and overwhelm towards a life of renewed purpose and support. She understands the struggles because she has also gone through her own fertility journey and is now a mom of a baby boy who she conceived through IVF. She is also ready to help guide you through your own journey and thrive. So let's get right into today's episode with Dr. Mary. So Mary, can you tell us a little bit how you got into naturopathy? Well, I'm really the type of girl who actually had my life planned out since high school, and um, I always wanted to be to be a doctor. Um, so actually, initially, I instead of going into naturopathic school, I initially went into med school and finished med school first. I 
practiced a little bit as a general practitioner, but then I felt like it was very like a band-aid approach to um, solving my clients and patients' problems. And so I decided to go back to school and go into naturopathic medicine, which is a completely um, different form of helping people. Um, yes, we still do diagnose and treat um, people for what they come in and see us for, but the treatment is so much different. It involves diet and lifestyle changes, um, acupuncture or herbs and supplements. So it's a more gentle and definitely more um, proactive approach to health. And actually, when I was in naturopathic school and um, I got married and we were trying for a family and I was still in school and it took us a year to get pregnant and after that after that year um i got pregnant and then i later on miscarried which which was quite hopeless and devastating what i realized after that miscarriage was i really needed myself to like see someone and actually like hone in on what's going on with me and so that's when i actually started seeing my own naturopathic doctor um, and then I also saw a medical doctor as well. So it's kind of like an integrative approach, which is a great way of doing things. And that's when I myself got um, diagnosed with endometriosis and PCOS. And really, when I was going through my struggles, I realized this is the, the niche or the patient population that I really want to help when I finish school. So that's when I kind of realized this is the path that I want to, to follow in terms of after school, who... The, the population of people that I want to help. I, I really wanted to help fertility and women's health. And especially from my own experience, it is quite um, a challenging and rocky road. And definitely, I myself draw a lot from my own personal experience with infertility whenever I do help other women as well who come see me as patients. So that's kind of like the roundabout story mm -hmm. of how I, I went into naturopathic um, uh, medicine. No, that's that's perfect. And so what are you finding right now? Uh, anything that you can tell us that, that doesn't go against your clients in um, doctor um, uh, privacy? What, what, are, what are they most struggling with right now, do you find? Mm -hmm. Of course, everyone who's going through infertility, it's unfortunately not on pause, even with everything that's mm -hmm. on hold right now with the pandemic and COVID and everything. They are still... Most of my patients are still um, struggling with the fertility issue, and I see a lot of frustration and um, in patients, and really because they want to go see their fertility clinic, go forward with treatments, but some clinics are still um, closed. Although many in the the big city of Toronto is actually have reopened already, um, so so that's a good sign. Um, but during the pandemic, definitely I saw. Um, a lot of women reaching out and trying to like optimize their chances of um, a successful ART or whether it's IVF or, or mm -hmm. frozen embryo transfer. So we really were working a lot on diet and lifestyle to make sure that when they do start the treatment, they would be able to um, have good odds of success. And also I saw a lot of um, anxiety mm -hmm. among my patient population because everything going on is very stressful not only to experience infertility but to have to homeschool if they do have children at home they have to homeschool their their own children plus um their partners are also at home and so sometimes there's a lot of like friction or or even like the stress of of the financial stress of 
things shutting down and their businesses having to like close. So it all came to a head with the pandemic. And so I found that I had to support uh, most of my patients in terms of anxiety um, and stress relief, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, I found in my own patient population that there was a slight increase in miscarriages among my pregnant patients. I'm not sure if that was related to COVID. Um, some of them have been COVID positive, some were COVID negative. So I'm not sure if there was an impact in terms of um, its effect on the placenta and its, ab- its ability to um, t- affect like the pregnancy of women, which is kind of scary personally. Yeah, yeah. I think more studies definitely have to go into like COVID and, and pregnancy and miscarriage. But yeah, I saw a little bit more of that. So I, I still did send miscarriage support as well during the during the pandemic and also like optimizing their um, future um, pregnancy efforts because they had to take a break after having a miscarriage and really having to support them both emotionally and physically after that that event yeah that makes sense wow that's that's um that's very interesting about the miscarriages mm-hmm. and, and i could see why the anxiety but also you know at a heightened level as well yeah Hopefully we can find some some balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> come, sure. you know, soon a little bit. Not rushing anybody's healing process, but mm-hmm. you know, just being able to not go outside and get your essential items and get your gas, you know, and just yeah. be able to do the small things that used to be so very very easy, and we just did it without even thinking, you know. And mm-hmm. and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, I think we take it for granted. granted. Yeah, yeah. See, we're on the same page now, girl. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> I think we took a lot of that for granted, and myself too, so it's no shame and no guilt in it. But, you know, I, I reflect a lot about the COVID, and I'm just like, God, I can't even go to the gas station. I mean, like, I always mm-hmm. took some sanitizer with me, but maybe I didn't I didn't do it as quickly as I do now. You know what I mean? And yeah. I find myself using wipes to wipe off my door handle after I've touched it when it's been mm-hmm. dirty. Just those small, small things. So I can't imagine how everyone is feeling and still wanting to move forward for fertility and mm-hmm. trying to carry these babies, these yeah. new young fetuses in the in womb and, mm-hmm. and just oh, it must feel like a, a, a recluse, like a crab. Mm-hmm. So, you know, essentially. And so if you can tell us anything, what what are some practical things that our, our, our friends here that are listening today can do to I guess, stay mindful. I know that goes around a lot, but I don't think that people really understand what that's about and how it's different from meditation or prayer. Mm -hmm. Yes, so there's a lot of things that um, people can do at home. So definitely, first off, like really know your body and ask questions and really find out what's what's going on and if you could track a cycle and figure out what your cycle is like that'll be good so that when you do see a, a doctor or even a fertility doctor you would have a better understanding of, or even they would have a better understanding of what your cycle is like um, is it regular irregular um, even if you're ovulating or not like how many days is the period how long have you been trying to conceive and what have you done um, in order to optimize your chances and really looking and finding a team that 
you can trust. So like in my case, I saw a naturopathic doctor for my own self to prepare my body for um, preconception. I also saw a gynecologist and a fertility doctor to help as well. Um, and because really preconception care is so, so, so important. And, you know, this process, even for my patients, it can take up to three to six months because an egg and sperm take approximately 100 days to develop. And, you know, during this time, they're quite vulnerable to like poor nutrition and environmental exposure and, you know, social toxins in the environment. You know, and research shows that lifestyle factors and like targeted supplementation can improve egg quality and pregnancy rates. So even prior to doing an IVF or even doing um, a frozen embryo transfer, really optimizing the egg quality is so, so, so important. So you want really good quality eggs retrieved. And so that entails giving yourself at least three to six months of really preparing your body, eating really well, um, trying to decrease stress and exercising um, so that you'll optimize your chances of, of fertility. Um, acupuncture is also something that once the clinics have opened, you could try and do because it has good um, studies that back its ability to optimize success for fertility. Um, even visualization. So like having like a vision board is something I do myself when I was trying for my own, um, my own babies. So when I, when I was going through my own fertility issues, I bought like a cute baby onesie and I hung it in my closet. So every time I went into the closet, I would see the onesie. I would remember that this is my goal and I would visualize myself holding my baby in my arms. So that's a powerful exercise. And it's a very quick one that you could do every time you just open your closet door and see that onesie hanging, like, hanging there. Other people would cut out like pictures from like a magazine and co you know paste it onto like a board and just have it next to the bed so that's the first thing they see in the morning and the last thing they see before they go to bed and it's it's a powerful um, manifestation um, practice that they could do and it's you know easy to do at home. I also love affirmations so. Many of us do like, you know, repetitive exercises to improve our physical health, but affirmations are like, you know, exercises for our mind, for our outlook. And these affirmations, you know, these are positive statements that can help you to challenge and overcome negative thoughts. And they're like positive mental repetitions that can reprogram your thinking patterns so that you know, over time, we begin to think and act differently. And so I had an affirmation every day, and especially when I was going through my own two-week wait, I, I repeated my own affirmation. It could be something as short as, I will have a healthy baby and a healthy pregnancy, or I am fertile. So something, just a statement that you repeat to yourself several times in a day, or Sometimes I would even write it down in my journal, like I am fertile, I am healthy, and I will have a healthy pregnancy. So these statements or affirmations can help, you know, alleviate any fears and worries about the process of getting pregnant and can really help prepare the mind for pregnancy, which is, which is so key. And definitely, especially in this time of um, uncertainty and um, the pandemic, find ways to decrease 
grass. So it can be something as simple as even just walking in nature. If you have like a backyard or even just um, outside into the neighborhood, um, seeing some green space, even a plant, it has a very relaxing effect on, on the mind. And do something that you love, anything that sparks joy in you that will help decrease stress. So for some people, like knitting would um, spark joy in them. Sometimes it's reading, sometimes it's music or um, painting for other people. So find something you really love to do and, and engage in it every day. That will be a great way of decreasing stress. Um, meditation is also very helpful and prayer. So, you know, for people who are non-spiritual, like meditation, there are lots of apps now that are free, like Calm or Headspace or Simple Habits. You could just download on your phone and they have options of a five or 10 or 15 minute meditation. And they also have different themes. It could be something to decrease anxiety. It could be something for physical pain or they even have some for actual stress. So there are lots of free options out there that you could help. Um, to decrease stress. And I definitely would say sleep is another thing that is so important, whether you're trying to conceive or not, because that's one of the things that seems to fly out the window when you're very stressed. You mm -hmm. don't really like take the time to like have good quality sleep. But you know, sleep is so key. It's when we actually restore and recover from the day. And that's when a lot of um, the healing takes place when we're actually sleeping. And I would really suggest that people have at least seven, eight hours of sleep every night um, so that they can optimize that regeneration and healing. And I noticed actually during the pandemic, a lot of people have been having trouble like falling asleep or even staying asleep. So some simple tips would be making sure that you know, your room is really dark, like have like blackout curtains or even wear an eye mask so that you don't see any light at all when you're trying to fall asleep. Um, sometimes a white noise machine might help to cover up, like if you're in a big city and there are lots of um, ambient noise, like street noise, you can put on a white noise machine or even an app and it will give out, give out this white noise that will prevent you from waking up from like a neighbor's barking dog or even like an ambulance going by. So that's another stressful thing. And making sure that the environment is quite cool or cold. Mm -hmm. um, not, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be hot because it will prevent you from, from falling asleep or staying asleep. Some people like to have like a warm shower or a warm bath right before bed because um, that actually drops your core body temperature. And so it's, right, it's really nice to just go to bed right after that warm shower and then you feel nice and nice and cool and relaxed. So those are some of the sleep hygiene tips that would be good for optimizing, optimizing sleep. And there's actually this interesting study on fertility and sleep that women who had more sleep, like more optimal, like seven, eight hours of sleep had better chances of getting pregnant in the study. So really there is a key a link between like getting good quality sleep and getting pregnant and of course eating healthy so making sure that um, you don't reach for the processed foods or fast foods very often and really trying to eat healthily like a simple way is when you look at the plate at least half 
of your plate should at least be full of salads or vegetables, whether it's cooked or raw. And the quarter of the a quarter of the plate would be healthy fats. So, and a quarter would be protein. So some sort of like either meat or it could be if it's a vegetarian source, lentils or quinoa. Mm -hmm. um, and definitely, actually, definitely making sure that you eat um, a good three three times a day and if you have a snack making sure that it's a good um, quality snack not just like a brownie or or um, a cookie so something like that so it should be it should be something um, nutritious still like a handful of nuts so even a hard-boiled egg as a snack so something still nutritious and healthy because that's very important for for fertility and actually for your listeners I am going to um, give you a link to a freebie, which is a seven-day fertility optimizing meal plan, which will give you like guide for it has a meal plan for a week and recipes um, for the meals and and the snacks, um, and it also give you a, a grocery list, so it will kind of give you a guide to how to start eating healthily for mm -hmm. for fertility. Awesome, I love that, Doctor Mary. Thank you so much for providing that for today. I have to look away from my darn self and <laughs> see if I can get some new ideas for meals. But that's all that's those are actionable steps you guys can take right now after this episode. Where if you're making lunch right now, if you're making dinner, yeah. and this is just a reminder that look, hey, you're trying to grow a little baby. So that baby's yeah. gonna need you to be at your optimal, optimal self and in good health and taking your your prenatals and, and mm -hmm. making sure that it has folate in it, you know, yeah. let the baby's spine and, and, and bone develop. And um, another one I like is DHEA in the prenatal. When I, mm -hmm. um, is it DHEA? I think it might have been omega three for the baby's brain. Yeah. And my prenatal had that, so that's um, that's really important too. But that's the key and common denominator I'm hearing in a lot of it. What you have just given us this full full juicy list that Mary has just given us is mind work mm -hmm. and, and and really focusing and being conscious of our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so important because yes, um, your your fertility doctor or your naturopath they can take care of you physically in terms of how to eat healthy, what to, what to do for exercise, how to sleep well. But in terms of the mind piece and the the mental health and the emotions involved with this fertility journey, it's so so important to also focus on that and not to just um, neglect that in the process of trying to have a baby. Yes, thank you so much. Dr. Mary, for coming on and speaking to us. And I'm going to make sure that the link for the seven-day meal plan program that Mary has so generously offered to us will be in the show notes, as well as her social media handles. Sorry, is there a website that we can also like email you on or email address? I have www.drmarysodden.com. And um, I'm actually still working on my fertility website. So okay. the, the com website is for my naturopathic practice, which gotcha. is mostly focused on women's health and fertility. Awesome. Awesome. Well, keep me updated when this site is completed and I can mm -hmm. update the show notes, show notes and make sure that it's available for um, listeners that come after today's episode because I do get still a lot of downloads from older episodes. So I like to keep everybody's mm -hmm. information. Um, you know, up to date and everything. So thank you, Dr. Mary, so much for speaking to us today and giving us so many actionable steps that we can take today if we're not already and giving us that little reminder of these things that we can do 
while we're in the midst of searching for uh, naturopathic doctors like yourself and, and, and also for the coaching as well. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so, so much for having me. It was a pleasure.